2: And letting the people choose which one. Vote Quesaritos, everybody. Hey, kiddies, you're listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. This is your co-host, Joel Gangsta's Paradise Cheeseman. And this is Chad. It's the end of the world as we know it. So wash. On this week's show, Indeed's Walk of Shame, Lee schedules some higher time, and we take a little trip to Walmart
1: land. Let's do this. Coolio's dead, man. Dude, I saw that this morning. How old was he?
2: Fifty-nine. Oh, come on, dude. They said he went to the bathroom and never came out. It sounds like an Elvis kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought. Like, was he eating fried banana sandwiches in the bathroom or what? <laughs> fried I, I mean, banana
1: sandwiches. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Ooh. know. Too young to go. Too young to go. Definitely 59. too young to go, man. Yeah, Gangsters Paradise. We need to be playing that today. It's going to be on. It's going to be on loop at the So Wash House. That's for sure. Yeah, you
2: got you to gotta throw in some Amish Paradise by Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> okay. uh, in a, occasionally in that in that loop. So shout outs. What you got, man? The world's the world's crazy, right? The world is crazy. Well, this is really crazy, Chad. Yeah. Uh, my first shout out goes to former Vice President Dan Quayle. <laughs> work with me here you'll 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 get it when i when i get done here so okay you probably saw in the news that nasa recently slam danced into an asteroid <laughs> to see if they could knock it off course which yes. is totally crazy in its own in its own like podcast show uh but we're not we're not in that lane uh well we have dan quayle to thank apparently uh in 1991 the then veep endorsed the idea for the federal government to buy telescopes to track potentially hazardous asteroids and use modified strategic defense initiative anti-missile weapons in orbit to destroy them. People laughed like they did with most things, Dan Quayle, back in 1991. But potato. here we are. Here we are. Vox Media said, quote, by today's standards, Dan Quell would basically be George Washington. End quote. <laughs> potato Potato Chad. Here's to fellow Hoosier, Dan Quell
1: for saving mankind. The world is fucking crazy this week, dude. We had that. We had Hurricane Ian hits Florida. People are fleeing Russia, not Ukraine. Citizens are fleeing Russia. Then we have Iran. This one where the morality police have stoked outrage here's we actually had one of our listeners who's iranian born she reached out to us and uh we'll we'll let her fill you in on on what's happened uh yeah
2: she uh she wanted us to shed light on this issue and we said absolutely so here is sepi describing the state of iran
3: here's what's going on in iran a 22 year old girl named Mahsa amini was arrested on September 13 by the so-called morality police for having some of her hair out of her scarf or not wearing a proper hijab. She was beaten by the police and was moved to a hospital where she went in a coma and died shortly after on September 16. The Islamic Republic and the notorious morality police have been oppressing women for more than 40 years. Women and men who have had it with all the injustice and corruption of the regime are protesting against the regime for 10 days now. Not just for the mandatory hijab, but for a bigger picture. To break free from a government, a malfunctioning system that has turned a rich, beautiful country to this poor state. What's happening there is scary. Brave people of my country are fighting empty-handed with an army that has all the weapons and zero mercy. They don't mind killing everyone just to stay in power. So far, 60 people have been killed and many arrested. The regime has shut down the internet to block any gate to the free world. Us that live away from our homeland are hoping that people around the world will be our voice. The strongest message we have for you is that Iran is not Islamic Republic. Please understand the difference and help us by sharing this message.
1: It's amazing. If you take a look at pictures of Iran before 1979, when the Islam- Islamic revolution happened, it looks like the United States. It's trendy, it's stylish, free. I mean, it, it's amazing over four decades, what has happened to Iran. Yeah. And
2: it's a beautiful country. Uh, yeah. Pictures of Tehran are just breathtaking. And it's amazing. You know, things like this are are equal parts, heart wrenching. Um, but also, I think you feel sort of helpless as an American. So we're, we're happy to share the message. But also, you know, I think in terms of if you want to be active around this, you know, write your your member of Congress, your senator. You know, I know that Canada, for example, Place some uh, some restrictions on trade with Iran uh, in light of of this issue. I'm sure there are causes out there that help you know women that are escaping this situation. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's sort of helpless as an American. You feel like there's not much you can do. Um, obviously, we're not going, going to invade the country uh, to, to free, you know, free the citizenry. She brought up a good point in terms of, you know, the, the government has all the guns, you know, and, and, and like it or not, our country was you know founded on the basis of let's give everybody guns, which obviously leads to bad shit. But it also uh, shines a light on this where, you know, if they're if they're populous, you know, had arms. Would it be different? Not an argument about the Second Amendment, but it just a lot of a lot of people in other countries wonder why the hell America is, why America is, and things that are happening uh, around the world uh, in places like Iran shed light on why our founders wanted our public people to be uh, to be
1: armed. But anyway, that's my soapbox. I think it's important that we think about this from the standpoint of we just took rights away from women, number one, and the January sixth. It's it's not easy to find this balance, and we're kind of teetering the United States as we look at Iran, as we look at it was Italy uh, who just uh, who just uh, elected a, a very far right individual in, into yeah. into government. So you know yeah. it's we we have to be aware of this. We can't just sit in our our HR rooms and just focus on what we do. We have to understand what's happening world abroad. I
2: think it was uh, Ben Franklin when asked what kind of government we we would have, he said a republic if you can keep it. So it's uh it's a fine line between authoritarian governments and and freedom. It is. Well, now that we've uh, dra- dragged everyone <laughs> down uh, to the emotional depths of hell, uh, I'm going to try to bring us back with some more lighthearted
1: uh, outs If I some chat, chat and cheese, stupid shit. So chat.
2: our our friends uh, our friends over at in Manchester, England, Karu, uh, the guerrilla marketing <laughs> extraordinaires, are at it again. Uh, the job board that once since sent, sent you and you and me uh, bikini briefs and condoms. Uh, has now dressed up local statues and gave them signs that say things like, quote, is your career standing stiller than me? Probs time to download Karu then. Uh, Not quite as good as the truck with the sign that said download for a better BJ and better job under BJ, but still a solid effort from our friends at Karu. So shout out, shout out to them. And my last one goes out to a friend of mine uh, named Brian Moore, who was a, uh, a co-worker at Jobbing uh, back in the day. Um, he was so he was so well-loved, they actually had shirts made up that said, be more like be more. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I worked with him back at Jobbing, and he's one of the most positive dudes you'll ever meet. Anyway, he started a company called Anthem, that's Anthem with a Y. Uh, it's a team-building experience company, and they have been selected to present at TechCrunch Disrupt. Cool. Uh, one of only 200 companies to present at the startup battlefield, and they are the only uh, Arizona-based company to make the cut. So good things happen to good people. Shout out to uh, my friend Brian Moore out there in, in
1: Phoenix. Go get him. He deserves some free shit. That's right. And you do that at Chadcheese.com. Go up to the upper right hand corner, click on free, or we'll talk about events in a minute. But there are plenty of things to do at Chadcheese.com, especially when free shit. It's almost like Walmart land. There's so much so much to do. <laughs> Don't so jump much ahead. Do. Don't I
2: know, jump ahead. I, know. I gotta tease. <laughs> I gotta tease the audience of where we're where we're going next. Well, some other
1: people that deserve some free shit, uh, we got some birthdays. Wait a minute, before we get there, we gotta say free shit brought to you by Aspen Tech Labs who will drop beer at your front door. Text Colonel. Two bottles of Whiskey Kids, one from Chad, one from Cheese, and JobGit is our Chad and Cheese t-shirt yeah. sponsor, powering the coolest Chad and Cheese t-shirt yet. You're going to you're going to love these. Yeah, they started shipping this week, Chad, so we we should
2: hopefully start seeing some social media gold. And some fine-looking people wearing the uh, new Chad and Cheese uh, t-shirts. And some of those people are celebrating birthdays this week as well. Let's get to them. So, as you know, our birthdays are sponsored by our friends at Plum. Happy birthday! Who have graciously decided to give one lucky birthday uh, each month a bottle of premium rum. Rum with Plum, everybody. Uh, Thanks to them for sponsoring uh, our birthday shout-out. So, number one... Stella Cheeseman celebrates a birthday. Yes, uh my my little girl celebrates 13 years on the planet this week and uh, everyone tells me that has daughters that that 13 is when uh, they hate you and they know more than you and you're the the nerdiest uh, person in the world. So I'm really looking forward to my daughter despising me uh, in light of her 13th
1: birthday. I think that happens more with mom than it does with dad, though. I think it's kind of flips from one to the other. I'll report back. We'll have okay,
2: uh, ongoing, ongoing reports of how my daughter feels about me on the show. <laughs> also, uh, family specific, uh, my sister-in-law. And also, Canada's best employment lawyer, Casey Dockendorf, celebrates a birthday uh, this month. As well as our favorite European, Levin, celebrates a birthday this week. So, uh, we'll have to have a drink or, or ten in uh, in Paris to celebrate his birthday uh, when we go to, to Paris this month. Kevin Grossman, uh, Brett Farmelow another former jobbing guy. Uh, Ling Wu... <laughs> Chuck Genuardi, uh, Liam McGuire, and our friend Daniel Fellows, don't call him Brian, out of uh, the UK, celebrates a birthday. So, uh, congratulations, everybody. Another trip around the
1: sun. Excellent. So, you already talked a little bit about uh, going to Paris. But before we do that, before we do that, Inspire HR is happening in the nashville this coming week we're going to be on stage we're going to be in the bars we're going to be on broadway you name it we're going to be all over nashville if you're in nashville or even close eh, message us and we can possibly get you hooked up with tickets we can
2: definitely hook you up with tickets. Who, who sponsors our travel, Chad? Who do we have to thank for that?
1: Well, there's this, this little firm's been around for over 50 years, for God's sakes, named Shaker Recruitment Marketing. I don't have my hat close to me, but uh, Shaker Recruitment Marketing makes us feel good and look good as we travel because we're going to be going to Paris after Nashville, Unleash World in Paris. If you haven't attended Unleash in Paris, drop everything. Go to chadcheese.com. Click on the events in the upper right-hand corner. Get registered. There's actually a 20% discount there, kids. Then you can catch the Vonk with the Chad and Cheese. We've got a rooftop pre-conference Unleash party powered by our friends over at Vonk. Invites are limited. Invites are limited. So if you want... To tip back a few drinks with the Chad and Cheese, hit us up on the DMs, and uh, we can get you the registration link. I think we're going to have our friends at
2: Karu send some condoms so no one catches the Vonk (laughs) while they're they're in Paris. That'll that'll be nice. We're going to be on the floor at Unleashed. Face down on the floor, probably.
1: (laughs) (laughs) More than likely. The Chad and Cheese podcast pit is going to make a return, but it's also going to have Matt Alder, the tech talk podcast, and also John Kennard, who will be pimping out the Unleash Cast podcast. Keith Sonderling, EEOC commissioner, and Louise Riondel, this might be news for you, Joel, uh, who is the co-secretary to the Council of Europe's Committee on Artificial Intelligence. Man, can I get a freaking title there? Yes, kids, we're bringing the big guns to Paris to have big and real ai
2: conversations well if our, our friend matt alder that british guy doesn't bring you some of the most peaty earthy oh, charcoaly do it, uh, scotch possible i'm gonna i'm gonna be pissed off, I want, be pissed Albert off.
1: Feldy. I want some Alberfeldi. <laughs> i want some <laughs> Alberfeldi. Le no God, all right no.
2: chad it's football season and oh, you know Jesus. what that means it yes. means fantasy football with chad and cheese so let's uh, quickly go over the leaderboard for the league, sponsored by our friends at Factory Fix. All right, starting from first to worst. Here we go. Uh Christy back to back kelling. That's right. She's been number one for two weeks going. Rick James Gilliam, your boy Cheesy Does It. Jason Bateman Putnam. Serge order me a double double from Timmy's Boudreaux. Broadway Joe Wilkie. Chad Powers Soash. I know you like that one. Christopher Robin Mannion. Dennis Like Rat. Out of the cellar Tupper, (laughs) Dan Aykroyd Shoemaker, Matt Hamburger Hill, Mike D. Schaefer, the only winless team, by the way, doing Factory Fix, the football sponsor proud.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they should have
2: had something in the clause that said we cannot be last in this league. But here we are.
1: Yeah, and just just to put this out there, I beat Christy last week. So she was number one, but I still got a win off of it. So mm. now she number one and number two face off this week. Yeah. So if
2: she can hold her crown, that's that's saying something. That's that's, that's, that's pretty, something. Solid, get pretty solid. Get him Christy. The topic
1: Dude What's up with Indeed? Okay, so I want you to picture this. Indeed wakes up with a bad hangover in a totally random room, peeks over and sees Google for Jobs laying asleep right beside them. They cringe, get up trying their damnedest not to make any noise to wake up Google for Jobs, grab their clothes and find their way out of the room. Indeed is experiencing the Google for Jobs walk of shame because every job site in the world has been in bed with Google for jobs. And indeed was the star volleyball player who proudly said they didn't need to get in bed with Google for jobs. And then at a point of weakness, it happens. Indeed, not the glass door back door, but indeed is now officially listing jobs in Google for jobs. What? Yep. What? It's happening.
2: That only took five years. (laughs) to get together so uh yeah for some context google for jobs launches in 2017 indeed famously says we're not playing we're taking our ball and going home uh, they've they've held pretty firm. There's been some conjection that maybe their glass door jobs are being over there. I love your backdoor glass door reference, by the way. How, how have we not used that on a on a title yet? And uh, yeah, so one of our one of our listeners let us know that hey, indeed jobs are now being seen on Google for jobs. I did my own little research, and by by God, they are there. So indeed has acquiesced. And, and put their jobs up there. It's it's worth noting for the kids out there that in uh, 2006, I believe, Craigslist blocked Indeed jobs, or Indeed from uh, from indexing their jobs. If only Monster and CareerBuilder had done the same, Indeed may have not have become uh, what they were. You know, I think that Indeed had to make a choice. You know, either keep spending huge amounts of money on TV spots and AdWords, or succumb to Google. My guess is Indeed is feeling a lot of pressure as they raise prices to generate traffic, and Google is at least a partial remedy for those expenses. I sense they're spending a lot on programmatic solutions as well. Uh, The likes of Talru, for example, I think are getting checks from Google to promote their jobs. It also supports the notion to me that people have zero brand loyalty when it comes to job sites, and it also supports the power of Google when people go to find a job. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I think it's interesting because uh, Indeed's apply spot isn't like far to the left. If you take a look at it, well, all the all the jobs that I've seen is they've been not at the number one apply spot because G- Google has this shitty, we're going to allow everybody to have a button on the apply of the actual job description. And if Indeed, I think, was involved early, they probably would have had that number one spot they would have been right there. But now they've waited, they're taking the walk of shame and their, their, their button's gonna be pretty much pushed far to the right for, for a while. I mean, the user experience, it hasn't gotten any better for uh, Google for jobs. I mean, at least from the apply process standpoint. So uh, I guess Indeed, as you had said, needed to acquiesce because they, they 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 needed more traffic. And the big question is for all of these other companies, these other vendors who have been in bed with Indeed for so long, how do they feel about this? You know, it's a good point that you mentioned
2: uh, the Google, I guess, placement or ranking uh, in those results. And yeah, it's it's like, It's like Indeed is a brand new site in regards to that algorithm and they're going to have to prove, which I think they'll eventually do people will see indeed they know indeed or recognize it i think more people will click on that i don't think google has to change that much they're fucking google they can have a substandard product and they're still going to get people go oh i need a job where do i go well like i find everything else i go to google so as long as it's a a decent product their review stuff isn't yelp uh their maps you know i mean things they have aren't as good but because they're google they can they can do that and then did you have a question there i forgot i Sorry, the cold
1: meds are kicking in. I'm nursing the cold. Did you have a question in there? (laughs) My question was, what do you think? Yes, I did. What do you think the other job board vendors think of now Indeed getting in play? I'm sure they don't like it. I'm sure that they think, well, Indeed spent all this money on
2: ads. People do know their brand a little bit still. Um, People are going to click there. But I think LinkedIn has a strong brand. I think ZipRecruiter does. It's these sites that are like, you know, uh, Job Wolverine and shit that I'm just amazed that they're getting traffic. Like Job Donkey, let me go there. Uh, that that always surprises me. So I think they're going to be in there, but they're going to have to compete with the LinkedIn's of the world, uh, the Dices, et cetera, that people know. Um, but I don't. if I'm a job board, I'm not real happy about Indeed finally, uh, you know, taking it in the you-know-what to then uh, have their stuff on on google i'm sure it was a fun day at google
1: though yeah i wonder i wonder though because Glassdoor's job feed is pretty much indeed's job feed so that means it's it's uh, just replicated so it's duplication so if it's duplication does that rank them worse because they're showing the same jobs does that rank them worse or is indeed pulling some indeed type of trick, which I'm, I'm sure they can, and they probably are, to try to make their jobs look different. They're not, but to make their jobs look different than uh, the, uh, the Glassdoor versions. Yeah, I think that I mean, I think a lot of those jobs are duplicates.
2: I think companies oh, yeah. just copy and paste, so the same job that's on ZipRecruiter or whatever is the same job on Indeed. So Google's just saying, "Hey, the same job is on Glassdoor. It's also on Indeed. Oh, by the way, it's also on Monster." Like you, as the user, can pick where you want to apply to that job. Um, so I think it's a matter of who can who can give you the easiest, let least friction, uh, way to apply to a job that's that's going to win. Um,
1: they're, they're all the same. You get a job distribution. You're in your applicant tracking system. You click post and then it goes poof. I mean, the same fucking job everywhere, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the hard part. Duplication is everywhere. Yeah, and I think we both thought
2: for a long time that the corporate site will be where most people end up. And that's who they're competing with. So yeah, I haven't yeah, seen a yeah. date on that. Maybe we can get our friends over at uh, uh, what's the site that optimizes job postings? Um, shit. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes, everybody. Jobdescription.ai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that? Their URL. Yeah, that's their that's their fun URL. I think I guess it was. All right, you ready to move on from Indeed? Yeah, we need the the the. Sh- sh. There it is. All right, scheduling software Calendly has acquired San Fran based Prelude terms of the deal were not disclosed. Prelude says they transform how companies approach hiring strategy by modernizing every candidate touch point from communications and prep to scheduling and logistics to interviewing over 10 million users across 116 countries are already using Calendly to schedule meetings. So it's safe to say Prelude is about to have a few more users in the near future. Chad, Calendly is getting into our space. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so, so basic scheduling, here's my link, find a time, that, that's easy. But interview scheduling is, is more complex and, and something Calendly couldn't really get right. I mean, many HR tech vendors built their own versions because Calendly couldn't uh, effectively support enterprise customers. Prelude has figured all of that out and uh, they are integrated with G Suite, office 365 microsoft office from a calendar client standpoint and then you take a look at icems workday lever greenhouse from a, from a core talent platform standpoint so this is a very good move for calendly and if you take a look at it this is very very close to the candidate id and icems candidate id you're taking a product to thousands of people where there should be just quick traction from a startup standpoint. Same thing's gonna happen here. You have all these organizations that are buying into using Calendly. Now they go ahead and they start buying into Prelude from an HR and interviewing standpoint. So I think it's pretty amazing. The question is what happens to the GoodTime.io's of the world? GoodTime's taken nearly 17 million in funding. Prelude took about 2.4. Now Calendly a company with 350 million in total funding and 3 billion valuation this is the unicorn thing right here
0: they're,
1: they're they're really not going to be coming after the the good times of the world i mean they, they're kind of like the t-rex in jurassic park where they just step on shit and kill it i mean that's just really what's going to happen here you know i think
2: this had to be either data-driven or user-driven. Either Calendly had to know that a lot of their meetings that were being set up were job interviews, which I'm sure that they are. I'm sure a ton of small companies or small businesses use Calendly to schedule meetings because it's so intuitive and easy and, and ubiquitous. Or it was users saying, hey, you know what? It'd be great if you guys could help us with our employment, interviewing, and having some sort of pro- you know, product like that. So yeah. I think they they got user and or data feedback and said, "Hey, let's go shopping." Um, and they looked at a good time at seventeen uh, million in funding and Prelude at two point four million and said, "Hey, equal kind of tech like we can plug this in uh, really quickly and, and do it really nicely." An email went out that said, uh, "You can expect to see Prelude's product ultimately merge into Calendly's platform." If that happens, I think that this really becomes this is a home run opportunity. Aaron Judge style, uh, for Calendly to get in our space in a good way. If, if I'm, if I'm good time or any others, I'm calling up every Calendly competitor and saying, Hey, they're getting in the game. What do you guys think? The, the, the downside is if I, if I ask you to name a Calendly competitor, can you, I can't. (laughs) <laughs> not, I mean, I Googled and I thought I've never heard of any of these companies. So uh, good time is in a, a bad time, a bad place in terms of where they're going to go from here. Uh, but at least they have a business that is acquirable. It's just a matter of the, the price tag. But, yeah, I think this is good for Conley. It's one of the more interesting stories in our space. There aren't a lot of companies that do sort of general either marketing or business stuff that just dives into recruitment the ones that do usually fuck it up and fail so we'll, we'll watch this closely but for me Calendly this is a good move and probably driven by data and their users uh, begging for it
1: yeah I was, I was talking to a friend about this and and, and wanted his opinion and he said it. it'll be interesting because there are two ways to go here for Calendly Calendly grew through their freemium model everybody getting a chance to kind of like feel it touch it taste it and then buy into it from from a business suite standpoint uh well they Go that way, or will they just go ahead and since they've 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 uh, they've established who they are and the tech, will they just go straight to mid market and in- enterprise? And I think it's the latter. I think uh, they're, they're going to go straight to mid market enterprise and then just start crushing it. Yeah, they'll take all the
2: people in enterprise accounts that use Calendly today and say, hey, have you heard about Calendly Recruit or Calendly Interview Scheduler or something? And just try to move as many people over uh, to that as possible. So they. They have a huge client base. I'm sure a lot of people would be fine with the user user experience of Calendly and plug that into a recruitment process. So, yeah, I think good on them. It's going to be fun to watch. Welcome to the Thunderdome, Calendly. Welcome to the <laughs> Thunderdome. So, uh, let's take a quick break and digest all this uh, shameless walking and uh, competing. And we'll talk, talk a little buy or sell, which I know all of our listeners love.
4: Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean... It's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. PandoIQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. PandoIQ will do the rest, so
1: you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on PandoIQ, go to PandoLogic.com That's PandoLogic.com Buy or sell time, Chad.
2: Buy or sell time. You know the rules, but if you don't, we take three companies that got funding this week, we'd read a summary, and then Chad and I will both either buy or sell that company. Are you ready? Hell yeah! All right. First up, we have Hofi. London-based HOFI, and I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. I, I did some some YouTube searches and didn't find any sort of what, but I'm guessing it's like Holy with an F, so it's HOFI. Anyway london-based HoFI has raised 15 million in series b uh, this brings total funding to 30.2 million dollars Founded in 2020 the company provides office equipment to remote hires they promise to manage the entire life cycle of your remote equipment from delivery to recovery all in one place Hofi will use the funds to expand their team to 120 employees by the end of the year up from around 85 today Knock, knock, here's your at-home office. Chad, are you a buy or sell on HOFI?
1: Dude, I can hear IT departments all over the world now praising hallelujah. So when you said holy for Hofi, yeah, no, I totally get it. Holy shit, yes. Do you understand what a huge pain in the ass it is for huge enterprise organizations to onboard new employees with equipment, maintain the equipment, and then provide the process to return the equipment? Dude, it sucks. Not to mention how much this sector of work increased during the pandemic and as remote gains uh so will this company so hofi is what they like to call an equipment as a service platform again it's a fucking pain in the ass to buy manage equipment and i've always said Companies are looking for platforms that relieve them of said pain. Good timing. It would have been better timing three years ago, but still good timing. Uh, Smart vision, remote isn't going away, and their website, it was surprisingly sexy. It's a buy for me. So in addition to looking at YouTube, I tried
2: to find how to pronounce uh, this company, and I ran across the Urban Dictionary, which I tend to use more than the actual dictionary, and uh, it says... That HOFI is a shortened form of whore for sure, or as the kids on the street say, ho for show, or simply (laughs) HOFI. So I'm not sure if they thought about that when they named the company, um, but uh, the name is a little bit suspect. Now, what about the product? Uh, Well, if you believe a large part of the workforce uh, today and the future is going to be work from home, and we both do, then standardizing the at-home office for workers anywhere in the world is a pretty valuable service. Uh, I don't know much about the office furniture and equipment space, but this seems like a can't miss in today's environment. They're surfing a wave that is a can't miss wave. So for me as well, Pofi is a buy. It's a two thumbs up, kids. All right, Turbo Hire. The most 90s tech brand I've, I've heard in a while. By the way, little known fact, uh, eSpan, my old job board employer, was almost called Cyberhire instead of uh, Job Options, which it later became. Anyway, memory lane, people, memory lane. India-based Turbo Hire has raised $2 million in a pre-Series A funding round. This brings total funding to $3 million. Founded in 2019, the company provides an AI-powered recruitment automation platform. TurboHire will use the funds to ramp up the product and boost revenue across the globe. TurboHire employs 78 folks. Chad, are you ready to get behind the wheel and buy TurboHire? are you driving that thing in the
1: ditch? How many times have we heard the words AI recruitment automation platform in the last two to three years? Yeah, a few. Uh, So here's a a quote from uh, Deepak uh, Agrawal, co-founder and CEO of TurboHire. When it comes to recruitment automation, we do not focus on what has been done by others so far. Rather, we focus on redefining what's possible end quote. What the fuck does that actually mean? Other than I have no clue what my own company does. This theme carries on as TurboHire has questionable support. The mentors in this release that uh, TurboHire listed aren't from our industry, and I'm doubtful they even understand what a go-to-market strategy looks like for such a slow to adopt space like ours. TurboHire has clients globally, including India, UK, US, Sweden, Singapore, Australia, Indonesia, and more claimed by the statement there's no real message the site is a mess no real experience on the team no real focus on a region or even country in which they want to penetrate deepak you have three million and you're going directly against unicorns like eightfold as you can tell this is probably i think one of the worst startups we've seen in buyer sell in 2022 which is why it's got to be a sell
2: all right. So again with the name, they couldn't even acquire the domain uh turbohire.com. It's turbohire.co. Uh if you go to their accolades page, uh which you touched on, they have quotes from trusted business sources like Jewish Life News, ghana Today, and Inc. forty-two which I think is the company that the band Level 42 uh, created after their uh, music career ended. (laughs) And if you click on any of these endorsements, it doesn't link you to the actual story in the publication. It just keeps you on the same accolades page on Turbo Hire. There's no transparency in pricing. There's lots of competition that you mentioned. Uh, this is why sourcing is now a race to the bottom and becoming a commodity. TurboHire is a turbo turd. This is a major sell <laughs> for me as well. I wonder if
1: turboTur.com is available because it they can actually is. they could it buy that and, and actually use that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Remo first. Oh
2: God. San Francisco based Remo first has raised 14.1 million in a seed round. This brings total funding to 14.4 million. Founded in 2021, Remo First helps companies build global remote teams in 150 countries by allowing them to hire talent in countries where they do not have an entity. Remo First's services include onboarding, payroll benefits, taxes, and local compliance. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Remo First will use the funds to expand its team and its global footprint. Remo First employs 37 workers. Chad. Buy or sell Remo
1: first. Wow. We, we just talked about Atlas raising 200 million in this space last week. And uh, a, a quick reminder remote.com has about 500 million in funding, Oyster, about 225 million in funding, and Deal around 680 million just to name a few kids and now remo first wants to join the party with 14.1 million uh is there market validation yes hell yes is there market saturation Uh, i say also hell yes where do funders actually perform their market due diligence these days jesus anyways this is obviously a great space, but it's a space that is crowded with unicorns. It's a space with several 800 pound gorillas, and as I continue using animal metaphors, I see Remo First as a sacrificial lamb. The CEO and COO are idea guys, you can tell. They have a lot of ideas, they've spun out a lot of companies, but they're not business leaders, at least in my my view late to the party makes you a meal in this case kids so uh it's a sell for me all right we said last week that a lot of the
2: global hiring platforms getting money today mm-hmm. is largely the dumb money that didn't get in on <laughs> the deals the remotes the oysters and the others i think the same thing uh with these guys um their c their ceo said remo first is the most cost efficient provider which fills a crucial gap with current market conditions. However, pricing for everyone is by employee, so I'm not sure how that will go. Granted, Uh, Remote is $599 per seat. Deal, however, is $99 per seat, which is cheaper than Remo First. Oyster has a light version at $29 per seat. Uh, Those are for contractors, and I think it's only $199 uh, for the uh, regular seat. So Remo First is $199 per seat. Is that really a differentiator like their CEO has said? Uh, Remo First should be called Repo First because they're going to have (laughs) trouble making those loan payments i2 msl on remo first all right chad let's talk a little nursing crunch shall we a new report from shift med an on-demand workforce marketplace for nurses paints a pretty dark future for the nursing profession with nearly two-thirds of nurses indicating that they are likely to leave the profession within the next two years that's a significant increase from the 49% that reported the same intention in 2021. What's more, more than half of nurses surveyed, 52%, say there is a considerable or severe staffing shortage at their workplace, with nearly all nurses, 99%, reporting a staffing shortage of some degree, and nearly half reported that their concerned patients aren't getting the adequate care needed, while 40% report a negative impact on their own, overall mental health baby boomers aren't getting any younger so this is kind of a big deal chad what's your take yeah it
1: is kind of a big deal but first off let's say the sample size was 500 people against uh, according to the american association of colleges of nursing the nursing population is uh, 3.6 million who are actively employed so take it with a grain of salt although there is a problem don't think that there's not a problem. Uh, we have 203,000 new registered nurse positions created each year. Uh, and let's be clear, kids, this could, again, I don't want to go down into a deep, dark hole, but this could be a national crisis, national healthcare crisis. Uh, what kind of measures do we need to actually put in place to curb this? I mean, I appreciate the, the, the survey and the research, but as we see this coming, kind of like, you know, I don't know, warming weather and those types of things. What the fuck do we do about it? Bring on the bots,
2: I say. <laughs> Bring on the bots.
5: shall we? Play so
2: I have aging parents, uh, one that passed away a few years ago. Uh, they both spent time in the hospital, um, as well as one of them in assisted living. Um, and I can tell you, it's, it's no fun being in the hospital. Like job seekers putting their resumes down the black hole, patients can feel ghosted just like job seekers when nurses don't show up for hours on end to check in on on patients. And just like job seekers, Chad, who would rather talk to a chat bot than no one at all. I think it's going to be the same for patients. They'd rather see a robot come in, say hi, check on them, get their temperature, their vitals, um, see if they need anything, and then and then check out. Uh, it's the augmentation of the nursing profession. I think that is going to take hold. Just like we're not going to see the end of recruiters, but we're going to see the 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 dawn of the augmented cyber RoboCop like. Recruiter, We're going to see that with nursing. There's going to be some super nurses that know how to manage the robots and who's, who needs help and who doesn't. They're going to have their time much more efficiently monitored. Robots don't get tired. They never get down and depressed. Uh, you can do a lot of basic check-in activities that waste a nurse's time, Frank, uh, frankly. This company is a gig marketplace for nurses to sort of select their time, and they spend a lot of time talking about how that's the solution to the nursing shortage. I think it's a piece of it for sure. And I think if you can bring out retired nurses to like do a few hours a week, I think that that really helps the situation. But I do think just like the service industries of restaurant work and warehousing, the robots are coming to a hospital near you. And I think a lot of patients will be happy to see robots come and check in on them.
5: Yeah,
1: I, I really believe that we have to hearken back to the days when we had vocational schools and high schools and, and local healthcare systems need to start training earlier. It, it's I think it's too, too easy for us to not identify that, hey, here are gaps. We, we have skills gaps. OK, whatever. We need to be able to start filling those gaps uh, at a much younger age and, and start getting kids focused on doing things that that they want to do without prospectively having to go to a four year college. Uh, college degree, being able to train as a phlebotomist right out of school, like my daughter did, and then, you know, go ahead and, and catapult into a, the nursing profession or uh, something else in the healthcare system. I, I really believe that we are missing, we have missed the boat in driving the, the, the whole college education piece when we need plumbers, carpenters, and nursing. I'm spitballing here, but this just came to mind. Why don't we just load up a bunch of Greyhound
2: buses at the border of Iran and say, all right, who wants to come be a nurse in the U.S.? Load it up. Let's go. We could also cure our teaching uh, shortage crisis maybe in the process. Anyway, that's just me. Coming up next, kids, I got to take a break. <laughs> uh, take some, take some, take some uh, meds or something, man. My head is floating. And we'll talk about Walmart land.
6: and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
2: All right, Chad, this one's from CNBC. Walmart is entering the metaverse with not one, but two experiences Walmart land and Walmart's universe of play. They're building these on the platform roblox which my kids love uh i can't really understand it but i get it uh the retailer is experimenting with other ways to reach shoppers including shoppable recipes live streaming events and an augmented reality feature for furniture yippee walmart's marketing chief william white said the company will use Roblox as a testing ground as it considers other moves in the metaverse and beyond. Because nothing excites the Roblox demographic like a trip to Walmart land, right? And this was underscored by a video shared on Twitter that showed the Walmart CMO on a digital stage playing to, get ready for this, one person in the audience. One person for a Walmart metaverse event. Chad,
1: I got nothing. I think there's, there's way too much vanity here for William White. Who's he actually trying to reach out to? Who's he trying to touch, right? It, it's not old white dudes like him. So why turn himself into a Robloxian? Why not maybe, I don't know, have one of your kids actually give the presentation. How cool is this? Talking to their people or what have you. Or find somebody who actually works at Walmart, who is a Gen Z, which is really the the, the major focal and target point right here, uh, and, and have those individuals be the ones who are carrying the message. I mean, I think this is a huge, huge disconnect for Walmart. They put a lot of money into this. This is, I don't think it's a failure. Don't get me wrong, they're just they're just launching it. But if they understand, and he's the fucking CMO, he's gotta understand that his voice isn't the one that the individuals who are using this platform want to hear. As soon as they get that, I think they will get some traction because people like to buy shit in the, in, in the metaverse. If you get a, I think, oh shit, PlayStation, they make millions of dollars a day off of in-store app buys. So, I mean, it's there. The The, the market's there. But the thing is, William, dude, you're not the guy.
2: Yeah, when I, when I think of William, I think of Will I am uh, and our friends at Intel who uh, decry the moment when Will I am became the spokesperson for Intel computer chips. Companies who try to get a cool factor because they have someone uh, that's a pop culture icon, whether it's Kanye with, with Gap, will I am with Intel usually fall flat on their face and it works the other way when companies try to set up shop in places where the cool kids hang out. Walmart is one of the least cool brands I could think of. So for them to be in, in whatever, Roblox, Metaworld, World, Walmart land. If I'm 18 years old, the last place I ever want to go is someplace called Walmart land. They should have made a separate brand. Some sort of wow. metaverse store that was sort of hip, not have Walmart point. associated with it whatsoever. They could still sell products uh, under a different brand. So this was, this was hubris of a big company thinking, well, if we just set up shop in the metaverse, the kids are gonna come. And as we saw by the video shared on Twitter, one person showed up to this announcement. <laughs> it's really sad, uh, and it's a lesson that big companies never learn. Unlike Taco Bell, who listens to the people, democracy rules at Taco Bell. Who's hungry for quesaritos, everybody? We, we
5: out. out. Thank you for listening to, what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant.